I'm not much of a gardener, but uh, I've dabbled at different times. And I once tried growing zucchinis, um, and we had a great harvest. It was so bountiful, I thought, I'll do it again. Um, but when I tried again, no such luck. I tried everything. I fertilized, I watered, I even hand pollinated the flowers, but nothing. And so in the end, I had to pull up the plants. When our reading today, Jesus said, I appointed you to go and produce fruit. Um, and in fact, being fruitful is so important to God that he said, every branch in me that does not produce fruit, the Father removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. Jesus wants us to be fruitful Christians. But what does it mean? What does it mean to be fruitful in the kingdom of God? What sort of fruit are we meant to bear? What does that look like? What do you think? Well, fortunately, the New Testament has a thing or two to say about fruit and bearing fruit. And there are four types of fruit that Jesus is seeking in us. But before we look at them, let's just take a moment to pray. So Father, as we've heard your word this morning and as we come to just reflect on it now, I pray that you will guide my words, open our hearts to receive your word. And Father, may our lives be transformed by it and may we bear fruit as your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, when you think of bearing fruit, maybe like me, your mind goes to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And I do need to apologize. I had slides for this morning, but um, we had some technical issues. Um, but Galatians 5.22, don't worry about going there now. We'll be looking at a, a number of verses. But there Paul writes about the fruit of the Spirit. And he calls these love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So what are the fruits of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is the product of the Holy Spirit at work in our hearts, changing our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is the evidence that God is indwelling us through His Spirit, living within us, and changing our hearts. I didn't need to apologize. Thank you. Fruit of the Spirit, the work of God in our lives. Now, this isn't the only place we read about this sort of fruit, the fruit of, of a certain character and disposition. Um, in Romans 6, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 22, Paul says, we gain the fruit of sanctification or holiness when we're set free from sin and become servants of God. But now since you have been set free from sin and have become enslaved to God, you have your fruit, which results in sanctification, and the outcome is eternal life. Now, whenever we read that we're sanctified, which just means we're made holy, there are two aspects to this. And one is that we're set apart for God. We are holy because we belong to a holy God. It's as simple as that. That's regardless of anything we do. If you are a Christian here today, you belong to God 
and you are holy before him. But being holy brings a certain responsibility, also brings, again, a certain transformation that we are um, bearing the fruit of sanctification, and so we start to act in holy ways, that fruit, putting off sin and putting on righteousness. And then righteousness itself is another fruit that God desires. Philippians 1 verses 9 to 11. And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Well, what is the fruit of righteousness? Well, it's everything we've been looking at, but Paul particularly says knowledge of discernment to approve the things that are superior, the things that lead to purity and blamelessness before Christ. And this is what in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 to 10, Paul calls the fruit of light. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth, testing what is pleasing to the Lord. And so do you see how this works? You are light, and so the way you live should shine. Lifestyle, the way we live, flows from our identity in Christ. And so we see these cluster of fruits, which all sort of point back to the same thing, the fruit of the Spirit, the work of God in our lives, the fruit of sanctification, which is really the work of God in our lives, the fruit of righteousness and the fruit of the light. It's all God working in our lives, isn't it? But God in us changing us and so that our life becomes consistent with his. And we might call this cluster of fruit, although it's the work of God in our lives, first and last, uh, it actually results in good character. The way we act, the way we speak and conduct ourselves. And it's something God does in us, changes our hearts so that it affects the way we live. And so the first question this morning as we consider bearing good fruit is this. How is your character before God? Are you bearing the good fruit of godly character, of the spirit, of sanctification, of righteousness, of the light? Well, a very closely related fruit to the fruit of good character, uh, and we've sort of been alluding to this, is what John the Baptist called uh, the fruit of repentance in Luke chapter 3, verse 8. And in this, he gives us an ominous warning. Produce fruit consistent with repentance. The act is already at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Similar to what Jesus said. What should, then should we do? The crowds were asking him. And he replied to them, the one who has two shirts must share with someone who has none. And the one who has food must do the same. Now, 
Notice here that John doesn't only tell people to stop doing things. He will tell people to stop doing things. I left those verses out because I want to make this point here. But he also tells them to start doing things. And in this case, it's notably sharing. Sometimes as Christians, it's really easy for us to focus on the things we should not do. And it's a, a Christian is someone who doesn't do bad things. And that is actually true, but we shouldn't, uh, and we shouldn't sin. We shouldn't sleep around. We shouldn't steal or cheat or lie because sin leads to death and we are people of life. But Jesus didn't simply say, don't sin. The fruit he seeks is the fruit of doing good. It's the fruit of good works as Paul calls it in Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. And so as we, the fruit we've been looking at has a very practical outcome. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And what are we commanded to do? We are commanded to love one another. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. And Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. And don't we need peacemakers in our world today? The fruit of the Spirit is patience, and the Scriptures tell us to be patient with those who are weak. The fruit of the Spirit is kindness, and Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. And Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of us to do. So God has good works for you to do, good things he wants you to do. Do you know what they are? Are you bearing the fruit of good works? Well, very briefly, there's two more sorts of good works I want to talk about, slightly different, because godly character and good works aren't the only kinds of fruit that Jesus seeks. And in Colossians chapter 1, verse 6, Paul says the gospel is bearing fruit all over the world. People are becoming followers of Jesus. And in John chapter 4, verses 34 to 36, Jesus said to his disciples, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you say there are still four more months and then comes the harvest? Listen to what I'm telling you. Open your eyes and look at the fields because they are ready for harvest. The reaper is already receiving pay and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper can rejoice together. The harvest fields are so ready, Jesus said, that the reapers and the sowers can barely keep up with one another. And Jesus' great joy is to see the fruit of the gospel being harvested, to see people one for the kingdom of God, souls being saved for eternal life. And friends, this leaves us with a very potent but very simple challenge. Are we bearing the fruit of the gospel? Are we telling people the good news about Jesus and the kingdom of God? And are we seeing people 
become followers of Jesus? Are we seeing souls won for the kingdom of God? Are we bearing the fruit of the gospel? Well, there's one final kind of fruit that the New Testament talks about. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 14 to 15 says, We do not have an enduring city here. Instead, we seek the one that is to come. Therefore, through him, let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that confess his name. So the fruit of praise is the response of the Christian who has their hope fixed on that eternal city, the new Jerusalem, where God dwells with his people. We live in troubled times, don't we? Some of you have first-hand experience of that trouble. I grew up during the Cold War uh, when people thought we were on the brink of World War III and nuclear annihilation. And let me tell you, this year feels far more of a danger of that than it did in the 1980s when I was growing up. Christians are a people who seek the good of this world, and that's true. We seek good now, but our hope is not now. Our hope is the life to come, and that's where our hearts are set. We look to the world to come as our final home. We work for world peace, but our hope is not in world peace now, but in the Prince of Peace for all eternity. And as we bear the fruit of godly character and good works and the gospel, so the fruit of praise to our awesome God increases. Friends, do your lives reflect this? Do your lives bear the fruit of praise? Is praise a feature of your life? as you pray and meditate on the things of God. And of course, if you come to church, we praise God when we're here. But praising God isn't just the music we sing or the prayers we pray in church. It's a disposition, a a, a sort of a leaning into God and the way we live once again. So Jesus is looking for fruit from his people, the fruit of the spirit and godly character the fruit of good works, the fruit of the gospel, the fruit of praise. So how are you doing? Are you bearing good fruit? And maybe you're thinking, actually, tick, 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 I'm doing pretty good. Just remembering that if you are, that's the work of God in you. It's not you doing it, it's the overflow. And that's great, but... Maybe like me, you probably feel eh, a bit more mixed. You know, sometimes the fruit looks okay. Sometimes I'm not so sure. So the question is, how do we become more fruitful then? How do we bear better fruit? Well, one of the things I've noticed about gardening is that my plants really don't have a choice in what sort of fruit they bear, my bad zucchinis notwithstanding. Plants just sort of grow and depending where they are, decides 
what sort of fruit they bear. It's the conditions. My zucchini plants can't decide to be fruitful. It just happens when, usually, they have fertile soil, sunshine, water, and the right pollinators, when the conditions are right. And it's the same for us. But we're not quite as passive as my zucchini plants because Jesus says there is something we can do to be more fruitful. And it's not to try harder to be more fruitful. It's to put ourselves in the right place where we can bear fruit. So let's read uh, John chapter 15 again, just verses 4 to 8. He says, Remain in me and I in you. Uh, Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire and they're burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, what you produce, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. What word pops up again and again and again? Remain in me. Maybe uh, some of the other translations have abide in me. When we abide in Christ, we will abound in fruitfulness. And so if you don't feel like you're abounding in good fruit as Christ wants to you, wants you to be, here's, here's the key and the question for us. Really, not are you bearing fruit? That's a symptom. Are you abiding in Christ? Have you created space in your life, in your time and your attention for Christ to remain in you. And he says, for my word, his teaching, his gospel, to remain in me. Is your heart prepared like the good soil that Jesus talks about in the parable of the sower, the four different kinds of soil where some produces a pretty pathetic crop, but some produces a fruitful crop? Or are your roots planted in his word like a stream besides a tree beside streams of water like he talks about in Psalm 1. Remain in Christ and let him dwell in you and you will bear fruit. Jesus has appointed us to bear fruit. So let's be a people who abide in him so that we may abound in fruitfulness. Let's pray and then I'm going to invite you are he to come and just give a summary of that if he's brave enough to do so uh, in Quran. Father, we thank you that you have called us to a very simple process of being fruitful. Lord, I pray that you will just challenge us in the coming week to take stock of our lives and where we have perhaps gotten so busy or distracted that we don't have time for you. Lord, help us to repent and create that space so that we can abide in you and you in us. Father, where we've become disappointed, perhaps just tired, please help us to find our rest in you because in resting in you, that's where we abide in you. 
And Lord, you do the work in us to make our lives fruitful, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.